Welcome to Any Way You Want It. I'm your host, Kaylin McDuff. I'm an LA-based coach for women who want to create lives based on desire. Here on the show, we like to have real conversations about sex, relationships, and life through talks with everyday people, experts, friends, and everything in between, I give you a plethora of options, different relationship models, new mindsets, perspectives, and paradigms. Listen for what sounds interesting to you and follow that. This is just the beginning of you having a life designed entirely from the specificity of your desire. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Any Way You Want It. Uh, I am just uh, thrilled to have um, Whitney Tucker joining us today. Uh, Whitney and I have been connected for what? It's been like probably six or seven years is at this point, right? Yes, I have completely lost track of time since like... <laughs> COVID 5.0 started. <laughs> I have no idea what year it is, but I think it's, yeah, probably about five or six years. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to, gosh, yeah, it's sort of, it's surreal for us to be given sort of where we met and then where we are now. It feels very surreal to me. Um, to be, yeah, connecting with you here in this space, connecting about, you know, all the feminine topics. And, um, and so I'm excited to just see wherever our conversation wants to take us today. Um, you know, that's the thing I want people to know about like how I book guests <laughs> is very different than I think a lot of, than I think a lot of shows. Like I just do it based on like, Oh, like I get these intuitive hits and I'm like, Oh, Whitney's just supposed to be on my show. Like in the next few weeks, I don't know. Um, and, and I really just trust whatever wants to, wants to come through, you know, and, um, and I really do this because these are the conversations that light me up. Like I would want to be having this conversation, even if it wasn't recorded <laughs> and it's a total, uh, bonus that it gets to be recorded and that I get to, you know, share it with, with each of you, my listeners. Yeah, I uh, thank you so much for inviting me here. And um, if you're listening, thanks for listening, um, for spending your time in some form of self-inquiry or self-care. I think it's the, the best thing we can do. I'm really glad to be here. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Well, I want to um, just share a little bit about, you know, sort of who who you are in the world. and. Um, and who you are to me. So um, you are a, for those of you who don't know Whitney, she is a former public school teacher. Okay. I did not know that. Yes. <laughs> we have this in common. I don't know if you knew this about me. I didn't know that about you. Yep. So former public school teacher vibes right here. Um, and then uh, Whitney uh, is an, uh, just an entrepreneur at heart. Um, and what I love so much about your journey or the pieces of it that I've, you know, sort of been able to follow and pick up over the years is just the way that you bring 
whatever your growth edge is, whatever you are learning, you just, you bring that into your business. And so your business has evolved over time, right? Um, so you were once a fitness center founder, and then you became a coach, you've been a birth worker, and now you are really squarely in the world of women's wellness through your, um, through your sync to thrive program. So I just like, I, uh, I love the progression and the integration of what you're learning and how you've really brought that, um, into your business. And then, um, now for my listeners, Whitney is living in Mexico city and is about to move to Oaxaca, as she tells me. Um, and I think, you know, Whitney is, um, Whitney is a woman who's always been following her desire. Like before I even used that language, right. That's just who I know you, that's who I have always known you to be like a woman who just tells the truth, who goes after what she wants, even when it doesn't make sense. Um, and your life right now is such a reflection of that. Like you moved to Mexico in the middle of a pandemic when it made no sense. Yes. <laughs> Yes. And it feels really good to have that reflection because I will <laughs> tell you on the inside, it feels like I am sprinting through the fog. Mm -hmm. um, but it, I, you know, you mentioned your intuition. And I think one of the things I've learned to trust is, well, a lot of, a lot of my journey has been about self-trust and desire. Mm -hmm. And that was not innate. Maybe it was innate, and then it was unlearned and then I had to relearn it right. uh, through a lot of um, practice and failure. And um, so, yes, I am. I'm still on that journey. In some ways, I feel like I am just beginning. And, you know, as we shed these layers of like it is it is exactly that it's what you want with maybe a bit of what your soul's journey is supposed to be with what you, you know, what we're, I do believe there's some, you know, that our challenges kind of make us. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, as I've, as I like gone on and learned things and, um, I feel forward now, I try to, at least I used to, I mean, there's been times where it just straight stopped me in my tracks, you know, for mm -hmm. months or years where a setback would do that, but that's, that's it. That's, that's what I do now. And I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful at, uh, as what the opportunities that I have, the, the, you know, what's been given to me or, and a lot of it has, hasn't looked like that. It's been definitely, you know, I've got. I've got a lot of, uh, experiences, like I'm sure we all do where it's, you didn't know if you could like get back up, but, but yeah. yeah. Well, and I want to, I want to talk a little, uh, a little bit about that, um, about, you know, sort of where you were pre-transformation journey. And I'm realizing I'm like, I, you know, you've been in my life for a little, you know, a handful of years, but I don't yeah. actually even, I met you when you were already on a transformation path. 
So what, yes. who's the like pre-transformation um, Whitney? You know, <laughs> Who was she? You know, I think actually, Kaylin, when we met, I was really doing a lot of um, performing. I, I was a professional dancer and a professional performer for a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think that's why I, you know, was faking a lot of my life, but I think when we met, I was almost about to hit a bottom because, mm-hmm. and my strategy at that point was to, uh, split myself to basically become the person who was sort of broken and alone and was in the way that that manifested was a lot of drugs and alcohol mm-hmm. and a lot of, uh, very, uh, kind of just dangerous behavior, um, lack of boundaries Mm -hmm. and, and really not knowing who I was sexually and putting myself in Mm -hmm. horrible relationships and just a downward spiral. But the other side of that, because that shadow of mine, you know, as, as I started to look at that shadow, I had been basically performing for a lot of people on the outside. I looked great. I had a full business. I was a health and wellness practitioner. I Mm -hmm. was doing fitness modeling. I was, you know, working with celebrities. I was, you know, managing corporate gym, um, a lot of, a lot of external stimuli and a lot of external goals, like from the outside on paper looks pretty good. And as soon as that story got more and more split, I, the bottom that I hit was I ended up with an emergency gynecological procedure. I had a pregnancy termination and abortion that should have gone fine and did not, and ended up into a septic blood infection. So, and I say that with the caveat that there's, I I also worked in full spectrum reproductive justice for a long time. It's very rare. Um, and in a way it was one of the hardest things that happened to me. I used to say worse. It was actually one of the best things that happened because I used to be somebody that wouldn't ask for help. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't reach out. And my ethos was as long as I'm the only one that gets hurt and no one needs to know, get back up, Mm. just start, get as soon as you can start where you finished off. And it was the first time I remember in my life. And this was about four years ago that I really needed help. And, you know, Mm -hmm. my rent was on the line. I thought I might have to move out of New York. I thought I might have to give up all my business. I thought I might have to give up my my dog. Cause I literally couldn't care for her and couldn't care for myself and just kind of, you know, hit a big bottom. Um, and I realized that none of my friends knew what was going on. None of my family knew what was going on. So, you know, I got help. I surrendered and I got help in many different forms. And I even got help that I thought I had already gotten, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> And I could finally hear and I could finally be okay, not being okay. And I could finally, 
Um, so it's funny with desire because the, the bottom end of desire for me, and this is so like on the hierarchy of needs, it's so basic, but it, it's so much of my life and time had been in like safety, like trying to get safe and trying mm-hmm. to get love and try, which is all scarcity. So once I started to take on these things and I had to tell myself because I realized how far away I was from being healthy and how far away I was from feeling whole. I told myself, however long it takes, mm-hmm whatever it takes, however long it takes, however ugly it is, whatever the mess is, like, do not skip over any parts anymore. Mm, Okay. Yeah. I want to (laughs) like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Zoom in on this. Um, because a, it is so scary to like be in a bottom like that and to trust it and to not grip, to try to get out of it. Like what I hear and what you just shared is the way that you really surrendered fully, right? Fully. You can't, (laughs) you either surrender or you don't. Yeah. It's not like 90%. And, um, and then, yeah, just trusting this, the process and the commitment to not abandon yourself. Any more from this day forward. Yes. Yes. Well, and I think, I mean, I know a bit about your journey. Yeah. And your health, what you've shared. And, you know, there's something when you are so capable and so willing to hold space for other people, there becomes this like, you know, irony that is so dis that was so disturbing where mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I can't even, I can't make basic decisions for myself. I can't, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. And I had spent a lot of time, I would say in my life, blaming others, playing victim on a very subconscious level that the more that I got, and it didn't, from the outside, you know, people are like, you look healthy, you look strong. What's the deal? Like, just figure it out. You're, you're capable, do it. And I had to, I had to be okay being at the bottom. And I really, I really thank God because I, or goddess, God, Mm -hmm. like this, uh, this bigger energy, because it took a humility that I had never practiced that, Mm -hmm you know, that was like, cause if your story is I'm alone, I can do this alone. It, it, the first biggest, hardest step, right. Is to be like, listen, you're not alone. And other people have, have gone through struggles. Everyone's going through a personal struggle. This is just a chapter that's fucking rough, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, and you might have more of these, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. so I'm, I'm, I'm infinitely grateful for that particular bottom that I was at. Um, and it led me to, into an area where I had never synthesized these different parts of myself. And then once I got enough beyond the, the crisis mode to say, okay, like I've got a level of health 
Like I've got a level of health and my, I would say my issues or my problems were a result of many things that many people suffer from. And what I got really interested in with women in particular and, and is this idea that, you know, our, our health and the narrative that we have around our health really inform what, how our endocrine system is working, what we believe is possible for ourselves. And it affects everything from not just fertility. I mean, the conversation around what I do now, so much of it's focused around fertility, but I really look now at how the system can stay balanced or gets out of balance. And what women, a few things that I wish I had known from being a young woman is, you know, when I was a teenager that I think really would have changed the course of, of my life. And mm-hmm. it's not to necessarily save myself from what happened. Cause I think it needed to happen. I needed to get to that place. But, um, cause sometimes we have a saying too, in recovery where if like somebody's dabbling with, um, quitting drinking, or they're like sober curious or <laughs> they're, you know, these things. And you're like, well, one option is to go get done, like go get, go get ready to get sober. Like if you're still <laughs> flirting with the idea, like continue to try control, control drinking or substance use, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think that's with any, with anything. It's like, mm-hmm. you, you have to be ready. You have to want it. And anyhow, I'm getting off track, but I'm, I'm really grateful mm-hmm. for that chapter. And I, you know, even as I speak about it, Kaylin, my, I used to sort of like my physiology changes. Like I can feel my heart rate increase. I can mm-hmm. feel, I can, I can still feel right. Cause there's still a bit of a trauma response, um, mm-hmm. even with tools I have and practices, but again, it's, it's something that, um, you know, we can all navigate through these moments. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, thank you so much, um, for sharing that. I, being willing to go all the way down. Um, I mean, I just think it's the most, uh, there's just so much power down there yeah. and that you wouldn't have access to otherwise. So I'm always so grateful to just be connected to, to women that are willing to go all the way the fuck down. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so I would love to hear, um, just what you started learning about your body from that place. Sure. So, uh, I am somebody that never had issues with my menstrual cycle and I, you know, what, the reason I, I'm going there is because immediately after this hospitalization and kind of severe infection that I had, you know how it is when you're 
in the hospital in an emergent situation, you often get released and there's not a lot of post care about like yeah. system, right? So just being on antibiotics for days on end wreaked, wreaks havoc. It's mm-hmm. so I got out of the hospital and went home, went back to work as quickly as possible because, you know, in New York, I was on the hamster wheel for 15 years. And I, I, in a few weeks, I said, I don't feel good. I don't feel right. And I I should be feeling better. And weeks went by and six weeks went by and I had, um, I all of a sudden started to bleed really uncontrollably and it wouldn't stop. And this went on for throughout an, an evening and I called my friend and then it stopped. And my friend said, you should really go to the hospital. I'm really stubborn. And I was like, I don't want to go back to the hospital. Like I, I don't want to do that. Mm. And I did not. And things somewhat resolved on their own. Um, but I will say I was, you know, I had all of these symptoms. Anxiety was flaring up. I was losing hair where I wanted it, getting hair where I didn't want it. My period, which is expected, was really irregular. And I was like, I have never experienced this. And then for months after would have big weight gain, big weight loss. Mood was all over the place. And I was like, I have no idea what's going on. And kind of all of these symptoms I went and saw specialists for. So I went to an acupuncturist or I would go to an endocrinologist or I would go to uh, the gynecologist and all of these things. I'm sorry step back. I didn't go to an endocrinologist because I had no idea that this was related. I was convinced it was, these were all separate issues. Yeah. You know, and it's not that I didn't see great specialists. I mean, I think you're kind of in a bastion of really good medicine in New York city. And that's not the point. It was more that no one pieced together that it, the motherboard of my wellness, which I, I would consider the endocrine system was out of balance. Mm. And the best advice I got was from an acupuncturist. And at the time I was having a lot of trouble with my gut. And he said, well, yeah, you were on antibiotics, treat your gut with this special diet, like basically the brat diet. So it's like banana, rice, applesauce, and toast, Mm. very easy to digest stuff. And so I did this for a few days, started to feel a little bit better. Um, And I started to research the gut connection with my reproductive system, my gut connection with my brain health. And I mean, I was having skin infections that wouldn't heal. I was having all this like seemingly unrelated stuff that started after this hospitalization. So I, I, I'm not sure who I discovered first, but I discovered this group of, of women, all of them are authors and experts. Um, Alyssa Viti is one. She's author of In the Flow. I'm looking at some of them now here on my bookshelf. And there was a lot of them talking about your menstrual cycle. And right. And I said, yeah, that is, that's always been regular. I've never had a problem. Now I have a problem. And so I started to look at what I could do. And all of the things are just straight up good health practices for anybody, but they're in particularly helpful for premenopausal women. 
because premenopausal women throughout the month, our hormones fluctuate greatly. Whereas men's may fluctuate on a daily basis through its circadian rhythm. Like for example, five to 6 AM is when a lot of men have a spike in testosterone. Women, not necessarily um, premenstrual, but pre-premenopausal, sorry. Mm-hmm. So men experience that, which is why a lot of them have higher libido in the morning and women sometimes during the month, sometimes not. So I then started to realize, wow, my whole life, I was, you know, I was a professional dancer. I've been an athlete since I was a teenager. I, I never really honored any kind of other rhythm besides get up and like do as much as you can every day, you know, get enough sleep. But I, you know, my whole thing was like not really understanding how productive sleep was. And so kind of, you know, stealing from that reserve mm-hmm. for years. And and yeah, I want to say something here, you know, because th- this is the world that we are inside of. It's based on a 24 hour cycle, <laughs> you know, wow. that's a day and an eight hour, whatever, eight to 10 hour work day. And like, these are just, this is just standard. Yes. And it's not when I met in a morning, <laughs> in a morning networking group where I was always like, why are these guys so up and at them? It is 7 a.m. I need to be in bed. What is that? <laughs> I guess I'll get up with coffee. Give me another cup. <laughs> yeah. Yes. This is this is this is, you know, the world that and I, I, I was never even, I worked in a corporate gym, but I don't come from corporate gym culture, but I still come from gym culture where it's like, you get up, you get your workout done early in the morning, you fuel yourself similarly, like you program for the, the, the month, not necessarily for like, you know, the, the week, not per day and definitely not based on your menstrual cycle. And yeah, yeah, like you, you know, you never consider how your menstrual cycle is affecting you socially, how it is affecting your nutritional needs, you know, during the luteal phase, which is the second phase of the cycle, women need about 300 more calories a day to meet their baseline metabolism. Mm -hmm. Um, those are the things it's like, you know, and I mean, from everything, I come from the fitness and wellness culture also. And so much of how I was trained and how I see trainers work now, male and female, but with Mm -hmm. female clients is looking for gains and not whatever the gains might be, whatever the goal might be that you're reaching, but not considering this infradian an infradian mm-hmm. cycle is a cycle that completes itself in longer than a 24 hour phase right so circadian mm-hmm. as you spoke about is this 24 hour day and so if if your body is aligned with circadian rhythm you want to get up and get sunlight so you stimulate your pineal gland at a similar time each day you want to um it's it'll be appropriate for you to do like in the afternoon hours, not that kind of detailed deep work, but, um, 
you know, for women, we will feel very productive generally and very focused um, during the first half of our cycle, during the follicular phase. And if you have a balanced cycle throughout the cycle, but for example, the only time I had ever really heard about changing behavior was in yoga classes. Mm -hmm. And they would often say like on your moon cycle, i.e. on your period when you're bleeding, don't invert. And there, there's different beliefs about that, about why, why that's the suggestion. That's the only time I ever really heard. And I'm, I'm deep in this stuff. I'm a, you know, I'm a birth worker. I I was in health and wellness and I was like, I'm 39 right now. I'm like, how this was a few years ago. I'm like, how am I in my thirties learning about this first time? And this is like, I'm almost, you know, premenopausal. Like how, how did this happen? So, and then I was thinking back as I was talking to women, I know, and I was like, you know, how many women understand their cycle? How many track their cycle? How many women even know what a quote unquote, like normal cycle is most common question I get asked now that I'm doing this work. And when I do hormone coaching is how do I know if I have a hormonal problem? Mm. And if somebody's, you know, thinks that they have a problem, um, it could be hair loss, hair gain, irregular cycle. What is an irregular cycle? Well, I didn't know this. If it's, you know, if it's less than 21 days or more than 35 days, it's out of the range of normal. If you're bleeding more than 80 milliliters in your period, or, you know, some would say less than 20, but less than 10 is probably a safer bet. How do we even know how much, like, no, because a lot of people, a lot of women, when they have their period, we're taught to sort of, you know, um, remove the, the, the endometrial lining, which is your period as quickly and discreetly as possible, like to not touch it, you know, to all these period products where it's like, you literally don't, it's the least amount of contact and information you can gain. So people Mm -hmm. don't even know if they're clotting, they don't know how much they're bleeding. They don't know. And so I, I mean, you know, when I coach with women and I work with women and they're interested in learning that I'm like, well, maybe try for a few reasons, something like a menstrual cup, because you can actually see the quality of the blood. You can decipher a lot of information from the color, the consistency, if there's clots, how much the volume, you can get a bit of a more accurate read plus a lot of period products. And I'm even talking the quote unquote organic ones because of how the US regulates them are highly toxic. We allow, it's similar with our cosmetic products. We allow a massive threshold for toxins like dioxins and things that you would never want near or on your body. And we're putting them in our vaginas, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and this is not old. This is recent. The Johnson and Johnson, that lawsuit, I think it's Unilever. I I shouldn't say exactly who people can exactly who, but, uh, toxic beauty is a great documentary on that. And, uh, you know, also looking up the whole lawsuit, uh, class action stuff with talc powder and baby powder, like something as innocuous, like, please, 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 everybody get talc out of your life. It's highly toxic. Um, so it's stuff like this that I, as I started to go down the rabbit hole and like, holy moly, there's a whole thing about endocrine disruptors and a whole thing about cycle tracking. And 
Um, and then there's really positive sides about it where it's like, if you want to have an easier time with menopause down the road, what can you do now? Mm. Your twenties and your thirties and your early forties, you know? So I would love to hear, I mean, you have, you have gone deep with this clearly. Um, and so, uh, I, you know, I would love to just hear, you know, for a woman that's sort of just like peaking her, her interest in this world and saying, okay, like this resonates, I want to honor my body and honor my cycle. Um, what are some of the ways that, uh, that you think like, you know, women can start taking a look at this on a meaningful level? Very easy. And I did it just that way. I didn't go into this like whole hog. Um, I would say number one, start to track your menstrual cycle so that you're not guessing and saying, oh, it happens at the end of the month at some point. And there's, there's kind of level one tracking. And then there's like level two, three, four level one, I would just say is mark on a calendar someplace when it starts and ends. Mm -hmm. You know, this is how long my cycle is. And then you can look, okay, my site, for example, say your period starts on the first of the month, one month. And then you're like, okay, interesting. It started on the first of the month, the next month. Well, every month has a different amount of days. So just say, just noting how often the cycle starts and how long it lasts. The next, I would say level two is things I was mentioning about the volume of blood. Um, if you're having any breakthrough bleeding and you could do, you could make a very short amount of you know, a journal entry or use an app. I love natural cycles. I love the the flow app is really good. But if you don't want to download an app and kind of go that way, um, you could just note, I had cramps. I, um, I had breast tenderness. I had irritability and then it changed or wow, 10 days before my period, I had which happens for a lot of women. Um, if there's a spike in testosterone, not 10 days before, but a few days before. So a lot of women, if your cycle is a little bit out of balance, that will explain the symptoms. And so it's kind of like anything. If you just get curious and stay curious and stay open mm-hmm. and, and find some answers that make sense so that when you go to your care provider, and I highly suggest finding being stubborn to find a care provider that listens to you, hears you, and, and we'll partner with you because here's what I see happening. I see a lot of, I would say level three of all of this is to do that tracking, get three months of data. Um, and it doesn't matter. You could go even onto natural family planning mm-hmm. and get, um, a chart. They have a printout chart. If you want to do a deeper level of tracking, you're going to track three things. And one is your basal body temperature. And that is because you're, wait, wait, I just want to slow down for a second. Yep. So what is all of this in service to? Like if oh, I'm thinking, you question. know what I mean? Like, that's a really good question. Cause I'm like, this sounds great. You know? Um, and yes. why? <laughs> no, that's a really, really important question. Um, and I can't answer that for each woman, but I will say this, uh, whether or not you want to conceive, do not want to conceive, but don't want to be on hormonal birth control. And I, we could do a whole podcast on why people should likely avoid hormonal birth control, um, regardless of if they want to have kids or not. Um, 
So whether those are your goals or simply you want to know your baseline well-being, it is a vital sign of health to have a regular cycle and ovulate as many times in a woman's life. Um, yes, it is. You could look at it as a biological imperative that for reproduction, but um, there are lots of reasons why our reproductive system is healthier and informs longevity. So it's, it is a sign of illness if you do not have a regular cycle. And it's one of the easiest things to track. It comes around, you know, ideally on a regular basis, somewhere between 25 and 35 days, you know, a month or sorry, every so often. So yeah. I would say for the women that are like, you know, I don't want to have kids or I'm, I don't want to have kids yet, or I, I'm interested in getting off birth control, but I'm, I'm afraid to get pregnant. Um, which is a lot of people that I know, or I've been on birth control. I've gotten off and my cycle is not regular. My doctor said it would be what the F um, these are things that you're going to want to track anyway, that your doctor can't do for you. Nobody can do for you. Mm -hmm. So I would say it's like, those are reasons why, um, that's kind of me speaking to, I would say somebody in, you know, I, I'm also, I also, I would say somebody that is interested in their health and wellness. I am also deeply passionate about teaching this information to young women because anyone listening that is concerned with climate change, and I feel we all should be, um, is I started to research what I could do about climate change. And one of the top five ways to reduce climate change is get girls in the third world through secondary education. Mm. And and deal with overpopulation, get them in the workforce. Um, and here's why a lot of girls, when they, a lot of young women, when they begin their period in the third world, if the family doesn't have resources to get period products or, or there's stigmatization of around the menstrual cycle, they don't go to school. Mm. So, um, the boys continue going and that is when girls fall off from the educational kind of arc of success. So when I heard that, I was like, holy moly. And there's a great documentary, I think two years ago that won the Academy Award. It's only 30 minutes long. And I am gonna, I do not remember the name of this. Yeah. And it is about, um, it's about women who made a business making menstrual pads out of like re refused uh, clothing. Mm -hmm. Right. For these girls, like these kits. So that's on the other end of why. Um, also, if you think about like your, your experience of getting your period. So one thing I do in my program is I interview all the women, we all kind of share our period story. Mm -hmm. And a lot of very few have a positive experience or a memorable one or something where it was kind of an initiation right into a new stage of life. And I think there's some work to be done there. You know, I think that there's like, so that's, that's, I would say why, mm -hmm. but I, I mostly work with people once a problem has been established. 
that they want to fix. But I would say the quicker you can get ahead of the problem (laughs) with Mm -hmm. very simple behaviors, none of this stuff is sexy. Like none of it's that complicated. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm curious about it from, um, from an energy um, standpoint uh, from like, that's, that's one of the reasons I'm interested. Like I track my cycle, you know, um, is because I'm just sort of waking up to the, that like my body, you know, has these different phases every month. And, you know, I, I can, I'm much more creative at certain times, like, you know, throughout my cycle. So I would love for you to speak to that. Um, just how, like how we can use cycle tracking and attention on it to really honor our energy and what wants to come through us at various times throughout the month. Yeah. Beautiful. So there are four phases of the cycle, essentially. The first part of your cycle is when you start menstruation. You bleed from somewhere between two to seven days. That phase, um, it's a cleaning out. It's a good time to go inward. Your body is actually involved in a big process. It may not feel like it. And culturally, we sort of pretend that it's not a big deal, but physically, you know, your uterus is doing a big job. You're emptying out hormones at the end of that cycle. You are the lowest level of hormones that you are throughout. So a lot of people feel very clear during that time. That's when a lot of insights might come in. You might do some, you know, you know, you might do some journaling where you're like, Oh, this thing is, this thing is coming up again. Mm. This theme, this theme is coming up again. I should take care of this. What I would suggest is it's a good time to note it's a good time to eat comfort foods. Um, so your energy might feel lower, especially in the beginning of the cycle of your menstruation. Now, as you go into the follicular phase, and this is a lot of people's favorite phase, it's a lot of women's favorite phase because you start to feel your energy build. Mm-hmm. The hormones are building up for the big event, which is ovulation. So they're ramping up progesterone and estrogen, but also there's, there's a lot of, in that orchestration of hormones, there's a bunch of other mine, not minor players. They're all quite important, but those two in particular, they create a really interesting effect. Estrogen is a hormone that increases. It's a social hormone. It increases your desire to be out there, to be social, to feel good. Um, due to estrogen, this is really interesting due to a rise in estrogen, as you approach ovulation and during ovulation, you'll have higher intuition. And a lot of people are like, oh, that sounds like woo woo or not real, but here's how it works. They've done studies and I I should have this cited because I love this study Mm -hmm. is if I look at your face when I'm ovulating and you're telling me something and I'm judging from your face, if it's true or not, I will have a more accurate read during ovulation than other times during the month. (sighs) Kind of crazy. And that biologically, I think we needed that. That's, you know, when we're going into ovulation, that's when you can reproduce. You probably want to judge things accurately. (laughs) (laughs) So now that said, birth control, hormonal birth control, affects all of this. It, it masks your natural 
hormonal responses and this orchestration. So you will not have that same benefit of those things, which is, you know, I think there's, and you are not ovulating on hormonal birth control. Mm -hmm. Now for ovulation, that's when a lot of people want to look and feel their best, right? So it might feel like this is a good time to go out, to go on dates, to try something new. Um, you're, you're, um, however, one thing that happens with ovulation is you get a little bit, you might get a little bit, might be hard to hold details, Mm. right? You know how, when you're like, why did I just say yes to 10 events? I can only, like, I have no time. Why did I just take all this stuff on? Good time to be creative. Very good time to be creative. Maybe not the best time to do your like big bookkeeping, (laughs) right? Good time to do a podcast. Good time Mm -hmm. to launch something. Good time to um, meet up with people to, you know, and it's a good time to have important conversations. Mm So um, if you can plan around this now, I'll talk in a minute about what to do if you can't plan around it. So, um, because, you know, yeah, it would be great if we're like, you know, like that week I'm going to be on my period. I can't file my taxes. I'm sorry, not up for it. Right. So that, so the last phase you go into is your luteal phase. Now this is a 11 to 14 day phase. That's a big chunk of time in a month. Mm -hmm. So if you do not get pregnant during ovulation, um, your body has the job of metabolizing those hormones, right? It has the job of literally, uh, converting or dissolving an organ called the corpus luteum. I find this incredible women that are premenopausal produce an organ every month. That is something men cannot do. So that gets absorbed. It gets turned into the endometrial lining. And that's all happening in the luteal phase. Now, the luteal phase is when a lot of women experience PMS and um, the negative effects of PMS. PMS is something that's really normalized. Like the amount of women that I talk to that are like, oh, I hate that time. I hate the time before my period. I'm useless. I'm tired. I'm angry. And it's very normalized in our culture. And it is not normal. There's ways to balance further ahead in the cycle using nutrition, movement, recovery, um, some of what you're talking about, your lifestyle. So if people are experiencing that luteal phase, what I usually say, the biggest suggestion I can give for that, if you're struggling, is get fiber into your diet. Fiber escorts excess estrogen out of your system. So a lot of people that are having digestive issues or like diarrhea, constipation before their period, or just feeling sluggish and tired and kind of like antsy, but movement doesn't help. Fiber can really, really help fiber and water. Um, that's a few things. And also in terms of movement, I would say one of the biggest things to look at here with all of these phases is start to build a ritual. I don't want to say a routine. I just, I just wrote about this today. I don't, I think build a ritual that has some space in it so that whatever your morning is, whatever, whatever you aim to do on a daily or weekly basis, it takes some of this into account with grace. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if, because you can actually be counterproductive, if, if I say, 
if I'm on a weight training program or I'm, um, or I said I was going to go to three parties or something and I really don't feel like it, mm-hmm. I really, you know, I really, I, I do love integrity. I think we should show up when we say we, <laughs> we are going to, however, when I work with women, one of the biggest things I say is, you know, build in boundaries for yourself that take some of this into account. Cause you don't know how you're going to feel. Well, and I think the integrity conversation, uh, at least for me, it's, it is centered in my integrity with my body. And so it's, you know, it's, it's a different thing than, uh, than I think the way that integrity is related to in the world, you know, and that's really what I hear you saying is like, okay, (laughs) honoring your word and honoring your body. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. That's, and that I think is cycle tracking. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. there's like cycle tracking and then what we're talking about with cycle syncing. And yeah, I do see when people start this work, when they start the work of kind of integrating and that's, you know, that's why I call the program sync to thrive because at first you're really, what are you syncing with? You're syncing with yourself mm-hmm. and the moon, you know, and the moon, the, the reason it's called a lunar cycle, the reason it's on a, a 28 day ish cycle Mm -hmm. is, um, it has to do with the light. It has to do with our, which is also why women should consider themselves very sensitive to artificial light. Um, because we're surrounded by it and we don't, anytime I'm in a rural area, it's like with less light, my cycle gets so much better, Mm. you know, because you're with the moon. But I think that the the piece about integrity where also as women start this work and they're like, wow, I've never taken care of myself like this. I've never even considered some of this stuff. And mm. micro decisions and micro habits really do add up for good. It's mm-hmm. like, you could just do one thing. You don't have to go into this with everything. Just start to get curious and be like, hmm. Mm-hmm. How much am I bleeding? I also want to say one thing about integrity with ourselves and our goals, because what we work on in our program is for for a woman to identify on her own terms where she wants to point her compass and where she wants to head. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say it, but if you're if your health is out of balance, there's, it's very hard to get started. It's very hard to keep going. It's very hard to, you know, to gain momentum. Um, and so I always say to people, I'm like some of this stuff, yes, it's, it's things you want to do every day. Yes. It's things you want to, yes, it's, it's practices that you want to build on but it's helpful for everything, you know, like, yeah, if you want more success, more money, the house, the relationship, better friends, like it, it's all, it works in all ways. Yeah. And what I really love, um, about this whole conversation is that like anything, it's just, it's an attention practice and, you know, so it's just putting, putting some attention on this and then getting curious and being willing to, let whatever wants to come through to come through. 
Um, well, oh my gosh, time just flew by here today. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I would love for you to share anything that you want to about, um, your programs or just, um, sure. what you have coming up, how, uh, how women could get in touch with you. Well, I will launch again, sync to thrive, which is an eight week course. It's an eight week, um, deep dive into this material. And a lot of it is that's going to start in October. Great. So, um, I'm, I'm interviewing people right now, women to see, to enroll them. Um, that is the big thing that's coming up. Otherwise I do teach a class twice weekly and you can check me out at uh, Whitney Tucker underscore. I teach it with Kelly Kane, who's an incredible instructor. We do breath work and hit, and it's geared towards hormonal balance. And a lot of people are like, you know, wondering, wait, I heard that hit was bad for you. No, to the contrary, um, that, that it's bad for hormonal balance. To the contrary, um, the research is showing that it's very helpful. So we teach that class on Mondays and Thursdays, 12 o'clock Eastern. Um, it's a drop-in thing if people want to try it once. Um, and then I have a lot of free, free resources on my, uh, if you go to Linktree through my profiles. So I've got trackers on there. I have, um, coming up, I'll have a bunch of free things about if you've been on birth control and you want to get off and how to kind of get your body back online with your hormones. So there's a lot of stuff coming that probably by the time that this, this yeah. podcast gets published, it will be public and Amazing. super excited. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Okay. So yeah, everybody go check her out. Whitney Tucker underscore. Is that right? On Instagram. Yes. And yep. we'll put all of that in the, we'll put all that in the show notes as well. Um, amazing. Whitney, thank you so much, um, for being here and just sharing your, uh, you have so much wisdom, um, around this topic. I feel like we could, we could, uh, we could talk about it for hours. Um, thank you for your generosity and being here. I thank you, Kaylin. Thank you for your presence and your inquiry and, you know, for continuing to, um, get this information all I, I love your podcast so to get all this information to a wider audience of women and that's mm-hmm. that it's gonna you know uh rising tide rises raises all ships so <laughs> I really appreciate it well thank you so thank much thank you so much all right bye everybody Thank you so much for listening in today. If you got something from this episode, please share it with someone in your life and pop on over to iTunes to give us a five-star review. I'm so committed to more people custom creating their sex, relationships, and lives from desire. And this podcast is a big part of that. If you have ideas for the show or want to learn more about working with me as a coach, head on over to my Instagram at Kaylin McDuff or my website, kaylinmcduff.com. See you next time.